Good evening, welcome to another edition of the Jersey Podcast, the Independent Rangers Podcast. By fans, for fans, where all the content is absolutely free. Coming to you in association with the Forest Precision Engineering. I'm your host tonight, Brian Archer, and as always, we'd encourage you to get onto the Jersey website and check out our forums for all your latest Rangers news and discussion. We're live tonight on the YouTube channel, and we'd ask that you continue to share the pod on social media, spread the word, and please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Before I introduce my guest for tonight, I need to give another mention to our partners over at Forest Precision Engineering. They're a Glasgow-based engineering company who have been a big commercial supporter of Rangers for a number of years, and we're delighted to have them support the pod. If you want more information about them, please visit their website over at www.forestprecisioneng.com. They also have a stunning executive lounge in the Ibrox main stand. And for more information on that, email the club at hospitality at rangers.co.uk. Also, just to highlight, um, there'll be a food bank collection at Ibrox before the Dundee game on Saturday the 9th of December. Um, it's for a great cause, guys, so please give generously if you're able to do so. Right. I'd like to bring in my guest for tonight. Joining me is the stats guru himself, Mr. Alex Anderson. Alex, it's been a while since we've been on together. How have you been keeping? Hey, fine, mate. I, I think since the last time we've been on, I remember the last time Warren, you asked me at the beginning of the programme that same really passive aggressive, nasty question How are you doing? You know, so it must have been it must have been a bad result that was coming after as well, you know, early on this season. Because it's just I mean, how are you doing? Asking me how I'm doing it's we're going to talk about Christmas trees and shopping and all that. No, the, the, it's just the last it's gonna be two weeks until we can actually rectify what we did last night. It's gonna be forty eight hours before the team can do any make up for it. And um I I just did the, the small talk and all that, I can't do it, mate. I'm feeling absolutely miserable with that result last night. And uh, yeah, it's just uh, the way it's been going all season at Rangers, up and down, up and down. I was so looking forward to that game last night. And then the day I was just absolutely devastated. And um, I've actually cheered myself up by watching the game back because it wasn't actually as bad as I thought it was. You know, so that's that's how dark things are, mate. It's, uh, I, I'm only joking, mate. How's, how's yourself, Brian? You can, you can give us a genuine answer. I am doing well, doing well, just, you know, looking forward to Christmas, same as everyone else. I think the listeners probably would prefer if we um, talk about Christmas shopping, Christmas trees. But, um, unfortunately... I just, I just want us to be on together for once when it's just like, it was absolutely brilliant last night, wasn't it? That was a, that was a great result of the weekend there, let's get in about it. But I, you, you and me as a team, we missed that boat, mate, we missed it. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Unfortunately, we do need to speak about um, last night's game. Um, for me, hugely disappointing result and performance on the night. I don't know about yourself, but I felt like we started the game reasonably brightly in the first 10 minutes, but things just seem to break down for us as, as soon as we get in there, the final third. I mean, what did you think of the game overall before we get any specific talking points? And there's plenty of those. It was, it was a kind of slow unravelling, Brian. It, um, I try to cheer the, the listeners up. Um, I, 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 I think I've written it down. Uh, so Cyprus is a, uh, famous as a, a holiday, a honeymoon destination. And last night, I think it's appropriate that a team from Cyprus ended the honeymoon for Philip Clement. So there you go. That's the kind of free, that's, that's, that's free part of the game. That's free comedy genius uh, here on Jersey. I, it was awful, mate. I just was so, and it, I say, I've watched it back and it wasn't, it wasn't that awful. The result obviously is awful. The performance was not the best at all, but I was so up for it. I, I was sitting watching as I was sitting watching Sparta Prague against the uh, Betis before I left. Just and I was thinking, what do I want to happen here? What do I want to happen? And, and it's quite good instinctively when Sparta Prague scored. I thought, I I back Rangers. I think Rangers are going to be 
able to win this tonight, no problem. You know, that slip up your head at Pataudry, that's that's this this new manager we've got, he's actually going to learn through that. We're going to come out tonight, all guns blazing. What Aris did to us in the first game, we're going to take that out on them. We're going to get revenge for that big time. It's going to be like night and day. And uh, we're going to go top of the group tonight. I was delighted when I got to Ibrox and that I found out that, that was a final score. And like, and then you just that just kind of it all petered out. And you see, it was started brightly. Then just started well, going backwards, basically, and then you end up they're getting substitutions getting booed, the players are getting booed in the tunnel at half time, there's booing at full time. And after all the positivity of the way Clement started before the international break, how will we go back to this situation? But hopefully it's just a temporary two game glitch. Yeah, I was a bit like yourself. I was really up for it. Um, I didn't go to the game, I watched it in the house. Um, but yeah, I was looking forward to it, hoping that we would kind of put um, some of these disappointing uh, performance behind us. Um, first thing we'll speak about I wanted to touch on was the, the team selection. For me, there was a few surprises in there. Um, I was surprised to see Lammers come back in, Lawrence dropping out, and Cantwell remaining to play out on the right. Um, there was a second game in a row where I was kind of questioning the manager's starting lineup. I think since he's came in, he's, as you say, we've had that honeymoon period. He's kind of got everyone on side. There's not really been a lot of questions being asked because we've, you know, played pretty well in the main, we've been getting positive results. But this was kind of the first time for me I was maybe starting to ask some, some questions. What did you think of the, the team selection you went with? I've got to be honest, I, I was intrigued. I was intrigued to see Lammers back in at 10. Everything else, I think, and, and, and Cantwell back out at, out in the right-hand side. It's, it's something I was asking Craig about last week when Craig and I were doing the, the Aberdeen game preview pod. Just what does he think about the whole situation? Is there something with Lammers that we're not seeing? You know, Is he actually better than we realise? Um, because I think the rest of the team picked itself. Uh, the centre-halves, the manager's got his, hand tied, his hands tied there because of... I thought it was interesting the way he reacted in the the pre-match presser it was on Wednesday when he was asked about the fact that he doesn't have Leon Balogun, doesn't have Van Yilmaz because of the, the previous manager. He's obviously been, this is his third European game in charge. The previous two press conferences before the previous two European games he's been in charge of, he's answered that same question quite diplomatically. But on Wednesday, he was just, he kind of snorted as if to say, what the hell? <laughs> I've seen this in my reaction pod last night. What is that? This clown has just totally hamstrung me by <laughs> not having these guys in the squad, particularly Balligan suspension to Goldson, as we knew. So, no surprise with the two centre halves coming in. Um, I'm concerned, but no surprise again with the two sitting in midfield because I think Sifuentes is all we've got. We've got to get somebody to go in there beside Lundstrom, particularly when you've got two a centre half pairing that's not been playing a lot this season or ever really together. We need Lundstrom to be able to go in there and do his kind of auxiliary centre-half bit. So even though Lundstrom and Sifuentes, well, particularly Lundstrom, I think, played poorly at Pataudry, no surprise that he was back in there last night. Um, absolutely fine with it. I, I wanted Danilo to be up front. I wanted Sima to be in the left-hand side. And it was just... I just found it interesting. I understand. I think the manager explained that himself in his post-match presser last night. Why didn't he start with McCausland? I wasn't one of these folk that was totally gunning for McCausland to be out there on the right. I think he wants it to be uh, Scott Wright. I think that's the, the, the answer to the whole you know, conundrum there. It just doesn't have Scott Wright available. So it was interesting. I think was Lammers eventually getting phased out and Tom Lawrence was coming in now as the 10. But uh, he's getting rested. And as the manager again said in his post-match presser, because he's, you know, he's been out for a while, Tom Lawrence. So 
I wasn't really overly surprised by anything. I was just intrigued to see him persisting with Lammers at 10 and uh, Cantwell outright, but I, I had no idea it was going to go the way it did. Yeah, I was kind of the same with yourself. Um, listen, as I mentioned earlier, I feel that we started the game with a reasonable tempo, but as soon as we get into the final third, it seemed to break down, and it was something that was kind of a theme of the entire night, that you know, once we get into that final third, our last pass or our final shot is just nowhere near good enough. It's a bit of a concern for you that in the last two games, we seem to have lost any fluency in attack that we'd we kind of been building up under Clement, you know, we had we obviously beat Hearts quite well at Hamden and then we had the positive result away to Dundee, we scored a few goals. I kind of felt like he was making progress in an attack um, and we seemed to be playing a bit better. I, I felt like I started to see what a Rangers goal could look like under Clement in terms of the build-up play. And these last two games, I don't really want to overemphasise it or catastrophise it because it is just two games. But I think it's fair to say that after the international break, we just seem to have lost that kind of momentum we've been building. Ah, it used to be it was a three-week break. It used to be the winter break was what slowed us down and now it's just an international break is all it takes, international break. Um, um, yeah, started fine. First early seconds, we got the shot on goal. Uh, if you see my turns, it was offside, kind of tight angle, whatever, the, the goalkeeper's acting as if he'd been prolaxed. And I thought, this is fine, this is the way it's going to go, we're looking sharp. But as you say, it ends up at the start of the second half before we get a goal and we've had to go through a, a major political upheaval with the substitution not to get there and we don't build on that either and absolutely I think as you're saying there's a beautiful way of putting it Brian you started to believe you started to understand you know what I feel like Clement goal was going to look like a goal under him what it was going to be like um, the way we blew away, blew away hearts at Hamden I think was the kind of peak almost of I know we scored more goals against Hibs in his first game. We scored more goals against Dundee at Dens Park, but that neutral venue against a better against a better team and a kind of pressure game ever since Celtic went out of the League Cup. It's big pressure from, uh, for us to win this trophy, and we'd had a kind of slow first half or a, a neck and neck first half with Hearts in that game and came out second half and just did them after taking off Todd Cantwell. It must be said at half time, but we, we we ripped them to pieces in short order. But a quarter of an hour we scored the three goals and. You're thinking, yeah, we look like we're savvy, we look like we're streetwise, we look like we could score these goals whenever we need to score them. Yeah, And it just wasn't happening uh, last night at all. The manager himself was talking about lack of execution. And we'll come, we're going to talk about Cantwell, obviously. And I think that's what it's all about, lack of execution. And people are screaming at this, you know, the screen already. But what about Lammer's lack of execution? Aye, absolutely, 100%. They're just blunt. We just looked blunt this last two games. We were... Pounding Aberdeen possession-wise, Aberdeen didn't get a single corner on Sunday. We get five. It was like 70% possession, basically, we had in that game. And we just looked blunt for that, for most of that game. And again, eh, last night, absolutely a concern. I think it's one of these things that we just need a few more players back from injury. I think it's amazing how quickly it will turn, hopefully. Uh, but I, it's, it is, it, it, until it does turn, it, it is a, a real concern, mate, yes. Yeah, that needing a few more players back from injury seems to be a permanent story um, with Rangers at the minute. But I do. Sorry, sorry, Brian. I forgot to say. It. I think Sima and Danilo, as well. I, I'm scared to have them dropped. Um, I had been thinking Sima was starting to look knackered because I know the number of games he's been yeah. playing, and particularly games like in, in Prague, he had to work a, a horrendous shift. Didn't he know that his wife's just had a baby? Um, this yeah. was something the manager was laying on his last night and a few of the kind of slightly dodgy remarks he made in that post-match presser. They might not go down too well with Rangers fans after a bad result. Uh, suddenly he's talking about 
uh, the, the players' wives having babies. But uh, yeah, I, I, I was I was being really hard on them last night. I thought they just completely fell out of the game in the heat of the moment. So I watched it back today. And usually I don't, usually you only want to watch a game back, a European game, if you think, oh, it was a fantastic night, what a great night, and you want to lap it. But today, it wasn't a case of, oh, as podcasters, we'll watch it for you so you don't have to watch it back again. I actually was really interested to see if Rangers were as bad as I thought they were. Sima and Danilo kind of summed it up because they weren't horrendously bad. They were getting in the positions, but Sima, Danilo in particular, had a couple of real good chances in the second half where he just, he just seemed to absorb the ball on his head and in his feet and couldn't really get it out of his feet or whatever. And um, so I, I think they summed it up and positionally and in terms of effort and all that, they were absolutely fine, but they ran out of steam and they were fairly blunt for the whole game. So I, I concern me, sorry. Yeah, um, before we get on talking about the substitution and all that surrounds that, um, Limassol took the lead on the, I think it was midway through the, the first half and the second game running, they were caught by a long ball upfield, both centre halves failed to deal with it, and the opposing striker goes on to score. Now, for me, when Clamont came in, I felt like one of the things that he seemed to do quickest was kind of make us look competent in defence. Um, we weren't seeing, you know, too many horror shows or um, kind of individual errors that we'd seen previously. But is it a bit of a concern for you that that's two games in a row of conceded essentially the same goal, but with two different? Centre-back Yeah, because it's meaning so much. It's, it's costing us. It's cost us two points in each of those games. Uh, I was saying to Craig last week that uh, we've come back from international break before the game against Aberdeen that we'd only lost one goal in each of the three different competitions that uh, Clermont had been in charge of us in. Uh, and none of them cost us. You know, the, the, the draw, the one draw we had in those first seven games, the one time we didn't win was a nil-nil in Prague. So even when we were conceding goals, although we pushed it a bit close for the, the Hearts game at Ibrox, we got two late goals to turn it round. They weren't costing us. They're costing us now. And I thought last night, it's a... And it'll cost us because we're blunt up front at the same time. And that sums up everything that was happening last night. I think these injuries, I think that the players that we're lacking and the players that we've got to, to, to bring in and plug up the gaps... That, that's a problem just now. It's too weak. We don't have the depth of squad. We've got the numbers, which makes it more confusing. I think it means we don't have the depth. And I think you saw the goal we conceded last night. I know Cantwell, we'll, we'll talk about him in particular. He definitely played his part. It was something he'd done just a few minutes earlier, but he's trying to kind of pirouette and what have you in the middle of the park. And it's he's, he's losing the ball, basically. But I, I think you've then got your, your two sitting midfielders are so far advanced which the member need to be to help the attack. I think the manager had set them out last night to blow Aris away. I was actually quite impressed watching it back. We were tempo for the first, basically up until Aris scored. We were trying to pound them, but we weren't doing it quick. We weren't, it, it, the execution was poor. Uh, and I think as part of that, trying to make that, trying to make that get sharper was pushing up John Lundstrom, pushing up uh, Stifuentes, and the two of them were caught when Aris took the ball off Cantwell. And it's that exact same thing. It's the exact same goal, mate. I know it seems really basic, Cochran is doing the same as, what was the guy's name? Sackle, oh, Sackle, the guy who plays for Aberdeen who came deep and nodded it on. Sacklov. Sacklov. That's, that's a fella. And uh, Cochran did the same thing last night. He's like, he's, he's like a, kind of a weird either Good Johnson. You know, he's a small either Good And he did the same thing. I saw either Good Johnson playing a couple of times for 
Iceland against Scotland at Hamden. First time he was a Chelsea player, just a new Chelsea player. Second time he'd been to Barcelona and that. He was a lot older. He was coming deeper because he couldn't really get that far forward at times, but he was causing havoc. And it was the same thing with that, that boy last night. He just comes deep and he, he pushes it on and the faster fella, Rebecca, runs in behind. And it seems like a really basic goal, really critical to split our centre-halves. And it's two different centre-half pairings, two games in a row. But it's really basic for our centre-halves to market as well. They just need to do the basic stuff. The, the old thing of... One goes for the ball, the other one falls back to cover. And the fact that we couldn't do that. Yeah, so I think it's three different, three key areas of costers with, with that goal last night. And it might be the same with Pataudry on Sunday. I can't remember that just as well. I need to look back at that again. But I, I, it's, it, is, it is a big concern um, that it seems to be a really basic move that's, that's costing us these goals. And the goals that we are conceding are costing us in terms of material, costing us in terms of points. You mentioned um, Cadwell's part in that goal that we lost um, earlier there and from what I hear from people on Twitter it, Clermont seemed to be absolutely furious on the sidelines when he, when he lost possession there um, and I think potentially that contributed to the fact that he was subbed in the 35th minute um, For me I was surprised I wasn't expecting Cadwell to be one to go off if, if I had to like somebody that was going to go off at that point I would have probably um, said it would have been Lammers but the manager chose to take off Cantwell. Um, what did you make of manager decision to, to remove Cantwell at that point? And I guess where do you stand on Cantwell overall? There seems to be almost two camps forming in, in the Rangers support around Cantwell at the minute. There's the camp that kind of think that his attitude's not great. There's a few people saying that um, it was mentioned online and things last night that the manager was trying to give him messages and he was maybe being a bit dismissive. Um, the messages the manager was trying to give him and then so they're kind of saying that his attitude's not great and he's obviously not been in great form this season and then there's the other camp sort of saying that you know he's playing out of position kind of what do you, you expect when he's getting kind of shunted out to the, the right side of the midfield so there's kind of two camps forming a bit on on Campbell what's, what's your thoughts on the whole situation? Yeah last night I just found it it was a kill dramatic it was very <laughs> what a moment this is um, I had noticed him, I just noticed a couple of things that he'd done wrong when I'm actually in the ground, and apart from anything else, it was absolutely Baltic last night, it's the coldest I've been at the football for a while, um, so your concentration isn't there, you're just thinking this isn't working, you're getting a bit frustrated, but I noticed because it was what he did right in front of me, I think it was just before he went off after we were a goal down, where he's trying to control the ball and he's kind of facing the, the east enclosure and Tav's coming up to support him and he tries a wee back flick and it just goes straight out of play. Um, I don't know what else he was supposed to do there, but that just seemed to compo compound his whole performance. That might have been the last thing he did before he was yeah. he was taken off. And that was a moment I thought, no, that he's definitely got that wrong. Can't well. Before that, I'm just the same as I'm just kind of observing the game and knowing that generally we're we're not doing the best. And I, I, I'm not really diagnosing it properly. Or really, I'm not really able to diagnose it properly. I'm not exactly a, a football tactics or a football skills expert, but I remember Lammers having that fresh air shot about five, six minutes into the game as well when the ball comes to him. And I thought it was at the edge of the box, but like the 18-yard box. When I watch it back today, though, as I say, I was really interested to watch it back. I think it all becomes really uh, really apparent that, that Cantwell is at fault, I think. And I know exactly what you mean about the whole... <laughs> the name of support, we can't just discuss stuff. It's got to be, you go into your camps, totally polarised, and everybody's at each other. Um, but I think... The manager doesn't think that way. He's thinking, Todd Cantwell, you can't hold your position properly. And he needs he needs fast, 
direct football. He needs the ball to be getting moved quickly. That was we didn't undo Aris Limassol. We didn't we didn't get goals past them early doors like he was like the manager obviously wanted us to because things were breaking down. Players weren't moving the ball, and Cantwell was the worst offender. And then it then gets worse, and Cantwell is giving the ball away in key positions. You know, it's not his fault the goal. It's not wholly his fault, but it starts with him. As I say, he'd done it beforehand. There's two moments last night in that first half hour, but just before Aris scored, where there's balls whipped across, like basically from outside the box into the the, point of the penalty spot by us. But I think one of them's one of them's definitely Sima. The other one is Lammers, and it's. Seema or Danilo just fails to get on the end of them. You know, I can't remember the exact personnel that they're on trying to get in the end of them, the exact strike that try to get in the end of them, but it was definitely Seema and the other one was definitely uh, Lammers that were whipping this ball in first time. And we, the centre half just gets there in time. And the reason Lammers stays on the park is because Lammers has that fresh air shot in the first five, six minutes, but he's having a shot straight away. He's, he's trying to put the ball in the back of the net as soon as it comes to him. He's playing it quick. He's playing it first time. That's why they're whipping these balls into the box first time. Cantwell isn't he doing that. He's, there was a, I, I'm sorry to go on about this, mate, but I think it bears, because of the the, the arguments that are going on, it, it bears a bit of analysis. There's there's a point on about the 12th minute or something where Cantwell is exactly where he should be, according to the tactics board, as it would have been you know, drawn out by the manager before the game. He's just in line with the corner of the 18-yard box. He's on the right-hand side, you know, between right winger and inside right. And he gets the ball, and he's got Lammers to his inside, and uh, overlapping, you've got Tav to his right-hand side, both in acres of space in dangerous positions. And Rangers have moved that ball at a brilliant pace to get it to that point. And Todd Cartmel instead faces up the defender in front of him and tries to dribble through him. I think Alan McCoy's talks about it in commentary as well. He's got two options there and he hasn't gone with either of them. He's slowing things down. That's not how the manager wants to play it. Sam Lammers cannot execute. Sam Lammers has got a terrible touch in front of goal. You know, <laughs> but he's holding his position, which maintains the shape. All the players up front are drifting all over the place. They're supposed to. But Cantwell is drifting into inside all the time and then going right over the other wing he's given away a free kick when it could just have, it could just have taken the ball off there right back over in the, over on their left hand side he's holding up plays holding up a range of attack he's ruining it he's giving them an out and um I there's also I think the first chance was it six seven minutes whatever the first chance that Aris managed to carve out in the game, which gives him a foothold in the game. Jack Butland has that save at his post that gets a corner. It's their left back who's the shot. That breaks down for us when uh, I think it's Danilo is trying to play the ball up to Cantwell, who's on the left uh, the left wing. And just as they work it down the park straight away, they play it across our box. The left back has a shot and Tav's just trying to face him down. And you see, just as the guy's having the shot, Cantwell suddenly arriving on the scene too late, yards away from it. And they've got the guy Benson on the left wing, the best player in the other game against them over in Cyprus, the, the, the number seven, the Swedish fella. He had the two assists that night. He's a real threat. And the manager would need Cantwell to hold his line, to hold his position so he can give Tav a hand on that left-hand side as well. He's got to be able to run these guys down. He wants to Todd Cantwell. He thinks he can do everything. And I think he's a cracking player. We're no, we weren't imagining how he played towards the end of last season. I don't care if there was, we were out of most competitions. A lot of the games didn't count, as folk are saying. They, he's a bloody good player. And he is great at 10. The manager himself admits that. But he's been asked to do a certain job. 
um, because it's all about he needs the manager can get something out of Lammers enough of Lammers that will play in his position and he will move the ball first time whereas it can't realise he's doing that and everything's breaking down and you saw the difference it made when McCausland come on because he was and even even we Ross he's getting interviewed in the, after the game he's just saying I was told to be direct and, and go wide just to play it wide let's the manager said to himself we don't want them coming in the middle they're dangerous through the middle as their goal proved Aris Linnasol so we need to be stretching them at both wings and Cantwell just wasn't doing what he was told and he had to come off and it wasn't even vindictive it's a bad moment for Cantwell, but the manager has gone up to him and he's he's trying to shake hands with him and all that. He didn't want to do it, but he knew he had to do it. And I'd been more scared, I think, if he, if he hadn't done it. But I, I, it is strange because Cantwell is better at 10 than Lammers. But I think I can see what the manager's trying to do and I can certainly see why, why he took him off. You mentioned there kind of Lammers' inability to execute. He's kind of one of two players that I wanted to speak to you about, the other one being um, Jose Cifuentes. Now, both had really poor nights for me and neither have made an impact since arriving. Um, to be quite honest, many fans have at this point written Lammers off, judging by the, the reaction of the crowd when he was substituted last night. Do you feel that it's now unrecoverable for Lammers and Unsefuentes? He's not had as many minutes as, as Lammers. He's obviously coming back from the injury. But I think it's fair to say he's also not taking his chance when he's played. Do you think for him is it a case of maybe struggling to adapt? He's obviously coming to a new league. We've seen players struggle coming from the MLS before. Um, in terms of um, James Sands comes to mind in terms of a player that came here for the MLS and, and just struggled to adapt. And that might be the case with, with Cifuente as well. He hardly played at all in the first seven games um, that the manager was in charge, the new manager was in charge. So he's, he's not had a chance to get his match fitness up, I wouldn't think, apart from anything else. I think he's picked up wee knocks and that as well, maybe when he was away in international duty. Yeah. This is a guy this time last year was playing at the World Cup. You know, that doesn't always mean anything because about a million countries qualify for the World Cup these days, but he was away in the World Cup with a decent nation uh, in, in Ecuador. Uh, I think he played a couple of games anyway, or come on as a sub or something like that. Uh, he's not just one of these, the MLS is full of guys who are kind of like, Domestiques would be in the Tour de France, where they're just there to kind of make up the numbers and support the, you know, the, the big guys. But I think he's, he played at a decent level. MLS. He was, a, he was a vital player. But I was a bit concerned when Michael Beale mentioned that his English wasn't the best. I don't understand uh, how when he's playing MLS. It can't, I know there's a lot of Spanish players in there. Maybe they're maybe, uh, a lot of Spanish speaking players. Maybe they're making it too easy for them not to have to learn the language. Says me, we, you know, I, I couldn't speak. I can barely speak English, but as part of being part of a squad and all that and being part of the team, you would think his he's English would be better than that, was, but he's definitely a yard off it last night. He's a yard off everything. And sometimes it was worse when he was trying harder to make up for it because he was giving away fouls and stuff like that. You know, the VAR decision. By the way, best performer last night was UEFA VAR. Having a look, a potential red card, check over. Didn't even know it happened until I watched it the, the day in the telly and it was unbelievable. And so that's the way we're heading with VAR. It will get better. But um, I, I, I just thought He's definitely off it, mate. I'm concerned about him. I find it, I can't really properly judge him until he's in a proper run of games, but I don't, he's getting to the stage. I don't know how many games that's going to be. Is he, is he just never going to get any better? He's, he's, he's not looking good just now. Is he also, is he supposed to be a sitting midfielder? Is he, is he supposed to be, you know, ironically, kind of wide right midfielder? I heard that somewhere. I'm not entirely sure what, I, I can't really place him as what type of midfielder he is. He, he doesn't appear to be particularly creative in terms of he's not a 10. Aye. He doesn't appear to be like a, 
a true defensive midfielder. So, so you think type. that makes it worse so, then? If, if that's the case, you think he's, he, he should have honed the game. If he's a defensive mid, he should he should be able to do a much better shift. Give us a much better shift than what he's put in the last couple of games sitting beside John Lundstrom. So I don't know. It's, it is a concern. It really is. And Lammers, I just, I don't get it. I, I don't see it. But I, I, watching it again, I could I see moments... It's a chance. I think it's. I think it's the build up to the the one shot we had on goal really that kind of counted uh, in the whole first half. But Lundstrom has that shot, which uh, Todd Cantwell lays off to him. Back to goals. I kind of one two with Todd Cantwell. Cantwell plays the ball first time, one touch, like what the manager would have wanted him to to have done. Um, and Lundstrom has a shot, but I think it is Lammers who cuts the ball back from the byline. You know, he puts in a power of work. I mean, as I say, he holds his line and he, he will move the ball quickly and move it first time. But there's been other times in, in uh, Sam Lammer's short Rangers career where you've just he's just looked abject, just looked like a guy who doesn't know how to play football. You know, and that's coming for me. So I really, I'm just, I'm trusting the manager here. I'm trusting that the manager sees something. I know, and by the way, I can't see that I'm not clever enough um, to to do two things at one time. So I'm not looking at the live comments coming in. I know sometimes it upsets people. When I know people will be. Definitely, how can you possibly think that Todd Cantwell shouldn't be playing at 10 instead of Lammers? Um, and sometimes I know that if, if I just keep talking to say me, people think I've seen their comments and I'm winding them up by ignoring them. I'm not, honestly, folks. I'm just trying to put forward the, my case because I know it's something that's winding people up that, that, that Cantwell's not getting moved into play at 10. Why is Lammers getting a game? And my thing is just the manager will know that there's no way he's going to make his own life harder, Philip Clement, by con continually playing Lammers if he doesn't see something there if it's about the balance to the team uh, the, the balance of the team so I, he's played what, four different Italian teams Eintracht Frankfurt I think he's got one goal for each of them it's just it is, it is a real puzzle for me at the time the only thing I can think of say, is positioning last night and then see even last Sunday he's getting slagged for that miss against Aberdeen but up until that point in the second half we put in a lot of crosses in the box and there was nobody getting on the end of them you know, no point in getting on the end of them if you can't actually put them away. But you can see maybe the manager's thinking, your positioning's great. I wish you could just, your cutting edge will come, you know. So I don't know, mate. I, I, I fear for both of them, but I thought that the treatment of Lammers, when he got substituted off last night, after being, he knew what was going on, obviously, with the Cantwell thing. Uh, some of the abuse he was getting uh, was totally out of order. And for Rangers fans to cheer a Rangers player being substituted off, it's up to you. You pay your money, you know. But personally, I, I thought it was horrible. That's that's something I would I would I would never I'd never say never. But as far as I'm concerned, I would never do that. And it was it was horrible. I didn't think it was fair in the guy. And it certainly doesn't help him get any better if he is going to be played. Yeah, it's kind of getting to the stage with levels for me. But you kind of feel sorry for him. You know, he didn't pay the transfer fee or decide to sign himself. Um, and it's clear he's not at the level that he needs to be for me. Um, and again, that's not massively his fault in terms of. Um, who chose to sign him and things. Um, it was that moment last night, Brian, when Ross McCausland, we saw McCausland is getting stripped and he's coming on and it's it was like in a, in a movie. The whole place is holding its breath. What number is going to go on that board for coming off? And there's guys in front of me going, please be Lammers, please be Lammers, please be Lammers. not it come up to 13? And uh, the, the place, a, a lot of people kind of erupted, but it wasn't everybody, you know, but I, yeah. it's, uh, it's a bad situation when you're feeling sorry for one of your own players. Yeah, last thing I wanted to touch on um, the way um, from our review of last night's game was the one um, bright spark for me was uh, young Ross McCausland um, who came on and made a massive impact. Um, obviously signed his new contract midweek, gets his goal 
last night, which gets us the point, first goal for the club. Um, I've been massively impressed with his overall play and he's very direct in terms of loves to take his man on. And the thing that impressed me most of all about him is that if it doesn't come off the first time, he's not phased and he'll go straight back and have another goal. For you, is he now making that right, right wing position his own and should he now be starting more frequently? Uh, no, I don't. I don't think he's. I don't even know if there is a, a right wing position as such to be made. Uh, I, I think the manager would prefer somebody who's can come in a bit. I think it would be Scott Wright. Uh, would be the, the the ideal choice just now for <laughs> for for Philip Clement. But uh, I'm so pleased for him. Mate. I'm so pleased for Ross McCausland, and it's somebody who's he's trying his heart out, uh, giving it giving it his all. I'm very wary of young players coming through. We've seen a lot of them down the years. We'll talk about all oh, Barry Ferguson wasn't going to get his chance under Walter. That's become a bit of a kind of meme. And then in came Dick Advocate and just built the team around him and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but it's few and far between the times that that's happened. Players coming up through the ranks, uh, they tend to kind of fade away. You'll get your big successes, Alan Hutton and, you know, recently uh, Nathan Patterson, what have you. But I, I, I'm, I'm very, very cautious with young players coming through. This time last year, I was up at Furhill watching Ross McCausland scoring a couple of goals against Ajax. Youths and the, the UEFA Youth League before going down the road and they beat us 6 2 before going off to Ibrox to see the full Ajax team beating us 3 1. So happy days. It's not as bad as that last season. But uh, he's, he's improved. He's, he's taken a hold of his chance. He's, he sees that with both hands. He's done really well. Um, and it was good also that we were worried that the goal he scored against Livingston that was disallowed. Was that going to be the, the, the final chance he'd have to score for Rangers? You know, well, no, he certainly did the business last night. He could have had a, another couple as well. But I think he was, he was magnificent when he came on. And I don't know, again, I was, he came on, what was it, maybe a quarter of an hour to go, 12 minutes at Pataudry. Same last night, even though it was only 35 minutes into the game, I don't know how much of the way he played is because he's coming on as a sub, the impact he had. And he played really well uh, at St Mirren. He played it and he was on for the start against Livingston, wasn't he? So... Uh, at Almondvale. So, you know, you can't say he's just a, an impact player, he's a sub, but... When he's coming on, he's a completely different uh, set of dangers from Todd Cantwell, who's just gone off. It's particularly playing against a foreign side who's not used to playing against Todd Cantwell. Then maybe he's benefited from that as well. But to uh, take absolutely nothing away from the man, he was absolutely fantastic last night. And uh, he's the only reason we're still, you know, we're guaranteed Europe after Christmas anyway. Uh, I, I, and he was direct. And he's, I know he, people are saying, well, you're saying Cantwell was. Uh, spending too much time trying to dribble instead of moving the ball first time but when Ross McCausland was doing it it was when they were on the back foot when the opposition were on the back foot and they got into the box and he's taking he's taking them on uh, getting in and out about through them using his skill-like build to weave between these players and uh, his goal was lovely going through the going through the left back's legs and so, so he got his jersey at the end of the game as well which was which was great for him uh, a proper scalp so I, I'm hoping it's a, the start of a, a long fruitful career and if he does go on to make that position his own it's because he's playing brilliant, so I, I would be more than happy to see that. Yeah, I'd, like, I'd certainly like to see him start um, in the upcoming games for sure. Um, now, before we finish up, we'll give a quick uh, preview for the game on Sunday. Um, St Mirren arrive at Ibrox. For me, seems obvious to say, but this will be a tough game. They're doing really well recently in the league and they're looking to cement that third place. Um, for us, it's all got to be about getting back to winning ways, surely. Absolutely, aye. It's, it's got to be all about us uh, in Sunday. You're absolutely correct. And um, 
I think with Stephen Robinson, we've always, well, for me anyway, I'm mentally scarred by that League Cup semi-final when he was in charge of Motherwell, when he like, physically scarred our players. And I've always wanted to have some sort of revenge on him. And when you see where they are in the league just now, you know, they're just six points behind us in, in third place. And the last time we went to play them, you know, they could have, I think they could have over taken over us and over, overtaken us on the table. I think they could have went yeah. second that day if, if it had all gone pear-shaped. But it's actually quite surprising that the last three times we've played them, we've beaten them by three clear goals. You know, um, this time last year we were drawn it's at St Mirren and that was that was Gio Dunn. That was the end of his uh, Rangers uh, management career. So, uh, aye, it's it's quite weird. Uh, we seem to be doing well against them when they're, do when they're doing so well against everybody else and we're having our slip-ups. It's not being against St Mirren, Touchwood, it's going to be the same thing. I was quite glad on Tuesday night that they lost the kind of battle of the ex-Morecambe managers up at Ross County. They lost to a late goal, so I hope they're had more time to stew on their bad result. And it's maybe putting them a bit of a downer, whereas I think hopefully just having a few days between their bad performance and bad result last night, the Rangers players will be absolutely delighted to have a, set, a chance to redeem themselves so quickly. Yeah, hopefully they're viewing it as a chance to get back to winning ways and put a few wrongs right. Now, for me, this is going to be one of the most interesting team lineups of uh, this season after all the drama of last night. Um, how do you think the manager's going to lay up? See, this is what I mean, mate, about passive-aggressive questions. You know, this is like, in my, in my house, I've just learned that the most passive-aggressive thing you can do in, in a marriage now is just say, get the TV remote control and go, there you are, dear. You you pick something for us both to watch on the television. You know, you've got 50-odd channels and you can't find any, you know, that's going to suit both of um, And this is uh, this is a poison chalice. How do you think we're going to line up? Uh, cheers, mate. I have no idea. I have absolutely no idea. Um, it's just I, I never I missed the end of the presser the the, the actual presser in Ibrox uh, post-match last night I've not watched it yet so I don't know if there was any injury updates I've, I've, I've missed that I'm so busy processing the Cantwell and um, McCausland um, Lammers kind of trifecta of over-emotion that I've not had a chance to see what the actual state of play is but Conor Golson's back I think he goes straight back yeah. in he, that, the two of them, Goldson and <laughs> Balogun, must have been the most delighted Rangers players last night. Saying, they've done worse than us. They've done exactly <laughs> the same thing. But they did it at Ibrox. This is fine. We're straight back in there uh, on Saturday. But I think the one thing that's going to guarantee a bad result sometimes affects ticket sales. But the one thing that's going to guarantee a packed Ibrox on Sunday is everybody turning up to see what happens at 10. That is the big thing. Tom Lawrence, is he going to be in there for the start? Again, Mr. Direct. That was the thing. The, the goal we scored at Livingston, the Dessers, the first the Dessers goal at Livingston. Tom Lawrence just the ball straight along the deck to him. That's what the manager wants. Beat a few guys, knock a long ball, we're in there. He likes direct football. So um he, he was saying the post-match special last night that he, he's looking after Lawrence because he's coming back from long-term injury. So maybe he's going to be back in for a start uh, on Sunday. And it'll be interesting to see what happens with the these guys whose wives are having babies or as Dessers actually is actually him that's pregnant. You know, that's why we've no seen <laughs> him here. Maybe he's that's just coming for a guy who looks like he's expecting triplets, but I don't know what's happening. As Dessers going to get a run out. But uh, I they did. We beat them three nothing last time we played them. A wee, a wee victory for Stephen Davis's Rangers. Um that was quite unexpected on, on the day, or in a bad way, following a a bad result uh, against Aris Limassol. So same kind of scenario this time. And I just hope uh, whatever, whoever the manager picks, uh, they, they take out the, the angst of last night on the, the Paisley the Paisley Pandas. Yeah, we, 
I'll certainly be refreshing my Twitter feed about two o'clock um, on Sunday afternoon continuously just to see that tweet from Rangers to see the team lineup drop. Um, Absolutely. It's certainly going to be one of the most eagerly anticipated uh, team lineups we've had for a while. Yeah, before we finish up, Alex, may I score prediction? Yeah, I do. I mean, I'm impassive. This is just outright aggression. This is aggressive aggression, active aggression. I Craig does this to me as well, mate. It's a, it's a. You're looking for a tabloid answer to a broadsheet question. I think, uh, what the hell? It's just. What, I'm just going to predict what I want. This is what we all do. We always predict what we want to happen, and um, I, I can't deal with anything other than a Rangers victory. And I'll say that we we turn it all around. We get back on the big baldy Belgian bus on Sunday with uh, another three goal win over the bodies. That'll do me nicely. I'll take that all day long. <laughs> right, I think we'll call it time there. All that's left for me to do is thank my guest, Alex. Thanks as always. Yeah, absolute pleasure, mate. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Um, as always, guys, we've been live tonight um, on the YouTube channel, but the show will be available on all podcasting platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Acast, Stitcher, in the coming days. And we would ask that you leave us a rating on your preferred podcast app. Um, they'll probably be back on Sunday evening to look back on the weekend's match. Until next time, bye for now.